attempt among the warring British tribes to sink their differences with the appointment of Cassivellaunus as overall commander, and some success with guerrilla tactics. But finally, what turned the day for Caesar was not the force of the Roman army, but the weakness and divisions of the British coalition. Nevertheless, Cassivellaunus had held out long enough to stop Caesar capitalizing on his gains. Instead, after signing treaties, Caesar withdrew to deal with more pressing problems in Gaul. The Roman legions would not return to Britain for nearly a hundred years. In 43 AD, Claudius, one of the most historically minded emperors, determined to complete the task that Caesar had started. Claudius was eager to establish his warlike credentials, but could not afford to take any personal risks. The result was that this second Roman invasion of Britain became as much a piece of theatre as a military expedition, with its two initial leaders effectively acting the corresponding roles of impresario and general. They were Aulus Plautius, whom the Roman historian Tacitus called a famous soldier, and Narcissus, Claudius's all-powerful secretary and an imperial freed man, who accompanied Plautius as a kind of political commissar. But the oddly matched soldier and the manumitted ex-slave proved an effective double act. Plautius, with his Gaulish auxiliaries, fought his way to the Thames, at which point Narcissus informed the emperor that it was time for him to set out. Claudius eventually arrived, complete with ceremonial elephants and a vast cavalcade, and stayed only sixteen days. But it was long enough for him to take part in a set-piece campaign masterminded by Narcissus. He crossed the Thames at the side of his troops, caused the barbarians to come to hand in battle, and entered Colchester, capital of the Catuvalloni, in triumph. He was repeatedly acclaimed imperator by the troops, and received the submission of no less than eleven British kings. And all this in barely more than a fortnight. The sense of theatrical artificiality was only heightened by the fact that when he had returned to Rome, Claudius immediately ordered a repeat performance. He took part in an even grander triumph, and laid on a reenactment of the highlights of his campaign in the Campus Martius. The scenes included the assault and sacking of a town, and the surrender of the British kings. We don't know who played the British kings, but Claudius, presiding in his general's cloak, appears to have played himself. Meanwhile, back in the real world of Britannia, the political situation was more complex. For in 43 AD the Romans, whatever the textbooks might say, did not conquer Britain. Instead, in the smallest of small colonial wars, they defeated a single dominant tribe the Catavalloni, and took over their territories in the southeast. Outside this area, other tribal kings continued to exercise their sway under Roman protection. Indeed, the Romans added to their number by setting up the renegade British prince Cogidubnus as king of a new, artificially created tribe called, significantly, the Regnenses, the king's folk. The reason for this apparent generosity was straightforward. British kings, who had started to issue Roman-style coins and to give themselves the Latin title of rex, 
had been the most effective agents of Romanization before Claudius's invasion, and led by that accomplished quizzling Cogidubnus, they continued to play the same role afterwards, but not for long. For rebellions, like that of Boudicca, Queen of the Iceni, in 60 AD, and deliberately fostered quarrels in the British royal families, took their toll. The result was that within thirty years, direct Roman rule covered most of southern Britain and was being aggressively extended far into modern Scotland. There were to be no more kings in Britain till the Romans had gone. With the coming of direct Roman rule, Romanization became a matter of public policy. It was pursued especially effectively by Agricola, who was governor for the unusually long period of six years from 78 to 84 AD. Within a year of his arrival, he had embarked on a major building program, giving private encouragement and public aid to the building of temples.